Let, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your hand upon us. Lord, that's your grace. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But we are blessed by your hand. It's your hand upon us. And we just want to say as a people in these days, we, we love your hand. We love your face. We love your voice. And Lord, you, you've been saying to us that there is, there's more that I have for you. There's more that I want to show you of, of myself. There's, there's more that I want to reveal to you. And we thank you for that, Lord. It's because of your grace. It's because you, don't, you don't keep us in the dark. You, you invite us to pursue you. You invite us to, 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 to be filled with you. And so we pray, would you speak to us by your Holy Spirit this morning? Would you teach us? Would you lead us into truth? as we ask it in the powerful and precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I've um, really just been digging in, like many of us, um, praying about what God is saying and, and wanting to lead us into it in these days. And uh, every now and again, <clears throat> different little podcasts will catch my eye, my ear, or my eye, the titles of them. Sometimes it's a book. I want to mention a book a bit later, a very, very old book. But I was caught by a phrase last week um, from Max Licardo, of all people. Some people, if you've been around Christian things a long time, you'll recognize that name. Um, hadn't heard so much about him for a few years, but God has really been working in Max Licardo's life, particularly in the area of the person, <clears throat> the person and the life of the Holy Spirit. And uh, God has really met with Max Licardo and his wife, his family just recently, but there was a series of quotes from him from a recent podcast. And I wanted just to highlight this. In fact, I put it on our social media uh, this week for the church. I don't want another church program or idea or trend, but I'm hungry. I'm hungry for just a raindrop of the Holy Spirit to fall upon the church. And I, I can't get away from that phrase. And I've been praying it, praying it, particularly, I want, I'm hungry for a raindrop of the Holy Spirit to fall on the church. What does that mean? What does that look like? What are we talking about? Let's turn to Acts chapter 1, right at the beginning, Luke's second book, Acts chapter 1. I'm going to just dip into verse 6. Um, in fact, just turn it off for a moment. Um, thank you. No, no. In fact, no. Let's read it. Let's read it. <laughs> you can, those of you who know me well can tell I'm just feeling my way today, which is good. Sarah says, I like it when you do that. She's <laughs> scary for me though, Sarah. That's the problem. When they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. I'm not going to preach on that verse, but I just think we need to hear that. You know, with so much going on in our world, uh, at times we can go, oh, it's this, it's that. 
Jesus said, it's, it's not for you to know. It's the Father. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In the midst of all the teaching and all the instruction that Jesus gave to his disciples after he'd risen from the dead, most of which is not written down for us, um, it, we get flavours of it, I think, through the Gospels, but it clearly sat with them for many hours. We don't have a direct record of the things that he said after he rose from the dead. But there is one thing that Jesus is very clear about. He wants them to really get hold of, and it is recorded for us, which is that there is this deep, powerful, and personal relationship to be had with the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's so important <clears throat> to them, to him, that he gives them this clear and specific instruction that they're to wait, wait for this gift that the Father has promised and which they have heard him speak about. What had they heard him say? just want to pick up on this. What had they heard him over the months before his death, over those last year or so, what had he been saying? John 14, verse 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Come back to that in a second. To help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Now there's so much just in those ver that verse alone. But this word advocate, paraclete, the comforter, the alongside one, the one who comes, it's like this very close and personal friend. But more than just a nice bloke, it is the person of God, the third person of God, coming alongside, comforting, bringing wisdom, the paraclete, to help you. Notice another thing I've highlighted there. He's not just going to come and go again. He's to be with you forever. Amen? We need, these are some truths we need to get hold of. The Holy Spirit is not someone who just comes and touches and goes. You see, if you look through the Old Testament, what you find is the Holy Spirit would come on people at particular times for particular um, moments, whether it was in decorating the temple, whether it was in Samson, uh, whether it was um, different characters in battle and whatever. But the Holy Spirit would come, and it's almost like the Holy Spirit would go again. But Jesus is now saying he's going to be with you forever. He's not going. He's coming and he's staying. The spirit of truth. Now, we could, we could just stay there. Truth is being attacked on all sides. I'm going to come back to that again in a moment. But we have one who's been sent by Jesus who's the spirit of truth. When we're confused, what is the truth? How do we know what the truth is? Where do we find the truth? We must go to the spirit. I'm going to need some amens and hallelujahs today. If you're not sure, that's fine. But if you are sure, pull it out of me because there's more to come out, okay? 
Just need some, we need, we've got some good Africans who are starting to come and be among us. So if you're African here, please just be African, okay? Uh, <coughs> I love speaking in Africa. All right? He lives with you and will be in you. We'll come back to that. John 15, 26. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, there it is again, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Just want to say this again. This is, how do I know what the truth is? How can I check the truth? Does it testify about Jesus? Does it bring glory to Jesus? There's a people out there saying, I've got the truth, here's the truth, this is the truth. Does it testify about Jesus? Because if it doesn't, we're allowed to question it. Now that's a big subject, but I'm just highlighting some things. What did Jesus, what had he been saying to the disciples? These are some of the things he had been saying to them. John 16, verse 7. Here's an interesting one. Very truly, I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Going to come back to that in a second. And then in verse 13, when he... (coughs) The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. <clears throat> Why? <clears throat> oh dear, I'm in a state today. Why do I need the Spirit? Because he, this paraclete comes and he guides me. Don't we need a guide in this day and age? He will guide you into truth. He will not speak on his own. Here's a key verse coming up here. You need to get hold of these verses. John 16, 13 and 14. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Listen to this. Here it is. He will glorify me. (laughs) Because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Spirit glorifies Jesus. He will glorify me. So that's what we're looking for all the time. Does it glorify Jesus? You see, we can talk about the darkness and there's a lot of darkness out there. But brothers and sisters, I want to be someone and I want us to be a church. I want us to be a people who don't so much talk about the darkness. It's there, it's real. But we want to glorify Jesus. We want to say, let's not look at the darkness. We know it's there. Let's look at the light. Let's be drawn to the light. That's the work of the Spirit. And Acts 1 verse 8, which many of us know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is not just a power for healing and miracles, but it's a power to obey when it's hard. Power 
to resist the evil one. How am I going to overcome this temptation? It's so hard. I need a power that's outside of me. I can't do it with my own bootstraps. I can't do it by my own effort. I need God's enabling power. So it's power not just for healing and miracles, but power for life, power to break down wrong thinking, power to transform, power to lead one another. Where? Into truth. Only the power of the Holy Spirit are these things possible. Without him, nothing is possible. Through him, however, everything is possible. So just to repeat, 14.17, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. We live in a world that is not accepting. Somebody prayed in the prayer meeting that the world actually wants us to look away from the church. Ashley and I recently heard of someone who is, is you know, seeking to get help and counsel, which is good. We're not against that in, in many ways. But if someone goes into a place of counsel and help, and one of the first things that they're told is stop going to church, you know something's not right. Well, you should know something's not right. But it's so easy, isn't it, to trust the world, you know, this is authority. They've, they've got wisdom. They've got a degree, a master's, a doctorate. I'm not against any of those things. But the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. So it's, it's not automatically or immediately going to point to the truth. It's going to point away from the truth. We need to hear that in these days. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. When you go into work, when you're at the school gate, when you're in a restaurant, wherever it is that you are, Christ is in you. He's in you. I'm not sure we know that or remember that. And I'm challenged as much as you are. You know any preacher who does that has already got three pointing straight back. You know that, don't you? And with my case, my duff thumb, I've got four. I want to ask you a question today. This is a question I find myself often in praying with people, talking with people, what is your experience of the Holy Spirit? Who is He to you? Are you praying about your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Don't read the next ones in a minute. Are you praying about your relationship with the Holy Spirit? You say, Mark, I don't think I've ever done that. Are you praying about your relationship with the Holy Spirit? And if you're praying for more, what's the more that you're praying for? Jill, you wanted some application questions. There's a series there, all right? <laughs> okay, this will take the next six weeks of group, all right? If you're praying for more, what's the more that you're praying for? Holy Spirit, give me more. What are you asking for? Genuinely, what are you asking for? And it's rhetorical. You don't have to shout out, but what are you asking for? How will you know when you've got it? How will you know when you've got it? 
These are important questions for us at this time in this church, I believe. Because I believe God wants to take us deeper into him, into his spirit, into the life in the spirit. And so these are some questions that I think we need to begin to get hold of. I'm going to ask you, before you ask those questions, just going to muck up Jill's notes, but before you ask, I want to ask you one even more fundamental question. Are you persuaded that the Holy Spirit is with you? Are you persuaded that the Holy Spirit is with you? Verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive. Are you persuaded? Are you persuaded? You will receive. And this for me is where a particular phrase, in fact a whole way of living, really comes right to the fore, which I didn't know about as a teenager who was already, I had been saved, but I, I didn't know about this. And certainly as an older teenager and into my early 20s, I began to hear a phrase and began to try and uh, grasp and understand life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. Is this about an occasional touch or an indwelling presence? Is this about encounter or habitation? Forgive me, that's a bit of a Christianese word, habitation. What does it mean? God is at home. (laughs) Not just a touch. I know one of the things that I'm so aware of and talk to many people over the years, and it's a privilege to talk with people, they'll talk about, I love it coming to your church. I love it in the worship. I, I, there's a sense of something. I feel a touch. But if you, if you have a conversation sometimes with people and go on, it, they don't feel it in the week. I need to come, come into that building and do some worship, and I get a touch. But do you know, brothers and sisters, what's on offer to us is that he's at home. He goes with us out the door and up the hill even when we puff and pant. He goes with us tomorrow morning. Occasional touch. Oh, there are moments. You know, I'm out in nature and I feel the presence of God. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there are enhanced moments for sure. But it's an indwelling presence. Encounter or Habitation. See, if we're persuaded that the presence and the power of the Spirit is vital to our Christian walk and life, I believe we will pray. We will pray. We will ask. We'll begin to talk to the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many of you are talkers to the Holy Spirit, but I, I was a good brethren boy, so I was taught about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we used to pray to all three during the Lord's Supper at half past six on a Sunday morning. So there, there's a bit of technical information for you. Um, but, but I can remember prayers to the Father, to the Son. But it always, when it got to prayers to the Spirit, it was, it was, to me it was like we were praying to electricity or something. What, what's that about? You know, I would say in the last 30 years, I talk to the Father, I talk to the Son, I talk to the Spirit all the time. All the time. Now, I can talk with you personally about that and we can pray for one another about that. This is where I feel we're, we're on a journey as a church and a people at the moment. 
But we will pray. We'll pray in the Spirit. We'll seek and pray. And we'll pray and we'll seek and we'll seek and we'll pray. All day, all night if necessary, until we know that infilling, indwelling presence and power. However, speak for myself before I speak for any of you. I'm not sure that very often I'm that hungry or that desperate. I think there are some of us who do get to that point. Oh God, if you don't come, if you're not here with me. Moses' words, isn't it? If you don't go with us, we cannot go up from here. We cannot. Let me ask a big question again. What is your experience of the Holy Spirit? Who is he to you? See, I'll be bold and say that for lots of Christians, I'm not looking at anybody and <laughs> accusing anyway, but for lots of Christians, I think we like some lively worship, but the Holy Spirit is a, is a bit of an added extra. It's a sort of a take-it-or-leave-it thing. Perhaps you don't often hear me talk quite as bluntly as this, but I, I think I've got 35, 40 years of pastoral experience under my belt now, and, and it's like, oh, yeah. Or, or almost that the Holy Spirit is for the passionate, the extrovert kind of Christians. It's all right for you, Mark, because you're all a bit out there, and you know, and you can go for it. But... It's not for all of us. We don't need it. Now, I'm using some specific language here, which I'm going to highlight as well in a moment. We need to grasp the vital importance that Jesus makes on this gift. There is a gift that we have been given. Now, I want to come back to John 16, verse 7. Very true, I say to you, it's for your good that I'm going away. And you can hear the disciples, can't you? What? How can it possibly be good that you're going away? You know, Jesus, with all your miracles and your teaching, how can it be good? Jesus says, it's for your good that I'm going away. We need to hear these kind of things when Jesus talks like this. Why? Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus, in his human form, was limited to one place at one time. Yes, he did seem to move around quite quickly at certain moments, but he was limited in his human form. But when the advocate, he will come to live within you. Jesus is in you. So Jesus goes to Lane's End Primary School. He goes, uh, he goes to um, Alan and Simon's workplace. He, 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 he goes into the neighborhood in the dog walking. He goes to the hospital. How, how does Jesus go? He goes in you. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. He goes in you. Unless I go, the advocate will not come. But if I go, I'll send him. So it's for their good, Jesus says. 
If it's for their good, if it's for our good, then surely we want it, don't we? Not everybody's convinced. (laughs) We need to be convinced. Jesus said, it's for your good that I go. I'm going to send the advocate. Lord, if this is for our good, then we want it. It's one of the things, sometimes you'll hear me, today is not the day. I think in a couple of weeks' time, I want to come back and talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But one of the things is that young guy, that young young Christian emerging, that I began to realize about the gift of tongues or spiritual languages Uh, that I suddenly had this revelation where Apostle Paul, yes, he says, eagerly desires spiritual gifts, especially the gifts of prophecy because it builds up. But he also talks about the gift of tongues. And I got hold of this one day. Do you know what he says? It edifies you. What what, what does edify mean? It means that you get fed. It, It means that you get fed. It feeds, it builds. The person who speaks in tongues, Paul says, builds themselves up. Why would you not want that? Why would you not want that? Now, it's a mystery, and there's a whole bit more to talk about that, but Jesus said, it's for your good I'm going. Oh, good? Yes, I'm going to send you this advocate. He'll come alongside with wisdom and grace and power. You might say, Mark, you're already convincing those who are convinced. I'm not sure we are all convinced. Because if we were convinced, I think things would be a bit different. I think my life would be a bit different. So this preacher is preaching to himself before he preached to anyone else. So that's one thing that is so important. So Jesus wants them to know it's for their good. But secondly, we need to know, he says, I will send him I will send him. The Holy Spirit is not an it. I did it on purpose a bit just now. But the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not an electricity or floaty power. He is the third person of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This gift sent by the Father and the Son is the indwelling presence and power of God the Father and Christ the Son coming to us and in us and with us, alongside us, through us and in us and by the Holy Spirit. The Father is in me by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is in me and with me by the Holy Spirit. Now there's an element of mystery about this. Indeed, we might even say the supernatural. But I want to tell you that it's been my personal experience, and I know for many others here, that He is real. He is real. I've been filled and I continue to ask to be filled. There's so many areas and elements we could, we could go into today. And I believe that over the next weeks, God is going to lead us. He's going to teach us. He's going to show us uh, how to press into this, including celebrating the resurrection power at Easter that will come up on us very quickly, I know. But I continue to be asked to be filled with this indwelling presence and power of God's. However, let me just say this for a moment. One of the biggest 
challenges that you and I face, and we're facing it perhaps more than we've done, particularly because of uh, the internet and, and social media and so on, is the continual secularization in every area of society. What do I, what do I mean by that word? That science and rational thinking is key. That, that God is not needed. God is not required. Now, I thank God for science. I love science. I love science programs. I believe science and the ability to understand the world and how it works is from God. But that doesn't dismiss or diminish, diminish the work, the hand of God. Rather, I believe that what it does is it enhances and displays his glory. But we're living in a world that says, no, dismiss him, diminish him. Science is God. Rational thinking is God. Turn away from, from those things. Here's the answer. And that's the world that you and I are living in and we're being bombarded all the time by it. And one of the results is this, is that we are being impacted. Each one of us are being impacted by this dismissing and diminishing of the work and the hand of God. You see, if we're not careful, it will impact every area of our lives and thinking as Christians. So when we gather as church, whether that be on a Sunday, in a prayer meeting, in small groups in the week, we have unknowingly and are being unknowingly conditioned not to believe in the unseen and not to trust in the supernatural. We're not looking for it. We're not expecting it. We're not believing for it. Because we have been conditioned. Now you say, not me, Mark. Not me. But when was the last time you had a tongue and interpretation in your life group? When was the, when was the last time that that you felt so clearly that this voice that was from God, that was glorifying Jesus, caused you to cross a line and say something to someone that opened up a whole conversation. You think, I can't do that. I'm going to look wacky. I'm going to look weird. Secularization diminishes and dismisses the work and the hand of God. But to pick up the words of Jesus again, it's vital that we have this advocate, that we have this one who comes alongside to be with us and in us. Why? Because he's the spirit of truth. And he comes to guide us into all truth, enabling us and empowering us to be his witness and to bring him glory. Friends, we're living in a day and an age where the truth the truth is being attacked on every side. Even from some of the parts of the church that bears his name. Utter mess and confusion right now this week in our, in our Church of England. 
complete confusion and mess. Trying, trying to be all things to all people and actually pleasing no one. Brothers and sisters, as the truth is attacked on every side, how will we stand? How will we speak? How will we display the love, the grace, the glory of God? It's only by and through the indwelling power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Are you persuaded that the Holy Spirit is with you? If you're not, you need to be. You need to be. I urge you to be filled with the Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of wisdom. How am I going to answer my friend? What am I going to say in that difficult conversation? It's only by the Spirit of God. I think my chief assignment as a Christian, says Max Licardo again, is to receive the Holy Spirit and trust that he will speak through me as I go about my day and about my work. Just look at that. I think my chief assignment as a Christian is to receive the Holy Spirit and trust that he will speak through me just as I go about my day and about my work. Friends, I've grown more and more confident over the years that if I ask him and seek him, the Holy Spirit will guide me. It's been my experience that after his word, the Bible, which is the first place, the first thing, it's the vital starting point, and and mature Christian friends is also a vital key. What I find is he tends to lead me through my thoughts. You say, well, that's dangerous, isn't it? I've already said the word is the priority. Mature Christian friends coming close along beside but impressions, prompting, insight, verses of scripture, where did that come from? Lines from worship songs, pictures, images, that little internal voice. Why can I learn to trust that? Because I've asked him to fill me. I've asked him to to lead me and to guide me. Why am I surprised when he does? And why am I not more brave when I feel that prompting not to go with it? Because when I do, nine times out of ten, God speaks. If you want some stories, talk to Greg. He'll tell you about this. But Greg didn't start bringing some of the words to complete strangers that some of you have heard about. Uh, You start with little things with people that you trust, don't you, Greg? You start, I just feel this does this mean anything to you? And your friend will go, how did you know that? This is not witchcraft. This is a God who loves his creation, who wants to bless, wants to build, wants to release and enable and empower and heal and forgive. He will work through us. He will lead us. I want us to come back and receive. Just going to, I think this is important because this will help us. Because what I want us to do is just take some time just to worship, to pray, and to say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you, maybe for the first time, maybe 
more than I've been knowing. I think this is where an, an analogy is, can be helpful. What do I mean by that? In the past, we've spoken about the infilling of the Holy Spirit being a bit like a, a glass of water. Um, and uh, we would talk about that and this glass being... The thing about the glass of water is it's quite static. You know, glass is filled, okay? What happens now? Sits there, filled, perhaps. But the filling of the Holy Spirit is often spoken of in the New Testament as a dynamic thing. Certainly, one of those pictures is of wind. Uh, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus in the famous chapter in John, John 3, John 3.16, For God so loved the world. But the verses before, verse 8, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And the words wind and spirit there are interchangeable. You can use those two things together. It's dynamic. It's on, it's on the move. Uh, uh, Pat uh, has got an, an elderly cousin. She's been sorting out all her uh, affairs in her house, including lots of books. And Pat sent out a, a, a list of books to a few of us. Do you want any of these books? And there was one that caught my eye. It's a very ancient book that I've got. His touch has still its ancient power. And I, as soon as I saw that title, I thought, I want that book. <laughs> And uh, it's very quaint and very, very old and, and smells interestingly. But anyway, <laughs> but his, his, his touch has still its ancient pair. Thomas B. Rees. I spotted this line. Before the becalmed sailor prays for wind, let him first set his sails. Let him first set his sails. See, brothers and sisters, I want to say to you that what I believe God is saying to us in these days, and as we stand in just a moment, I think we need to begin to set our sails. It's not just, here's a glass, I want to be filled, it's very static. It's actually, I'm going to begin to pray, I'm going to begin to worship, I'm going to dig into God's word. I'm not just going to sit there and go, no, nothing yet. I'm going to pray, I'm going to worship, I'm going to dig into his word. And as I do, revelation comes and his spirit fills me. There's a participation, there's an activation. Before the becalmed sailor prays for wind, let him first set his sails. As we activate these areas, what happens is our eyes begin to get open to see the signs of the Spirit. We begin to be attuned to his voice and his hand and his prompting. I think I might just go and knock on such and such's door. You knock on such and such's door and they say... You've come at just the right time. I think I might just text such and such. I think I might just ring this person. Oh, I'm so glad you've rung because. But it's as I worship, as I pray, as I dig into his word, revelation, there is an activation and a stirring, looking for the signs. Have we got the picture of the... Can we bring the next one up? I can't remember if I've given you quite the right... We've got the next picture. Some of you might recognise this. <laughs> That's, I found a picture of Ocean Venture on the, on the internet. Let, in fact, let me invite you to stand. Can the worship team come? Um, perhaps just leave that picture for a minute, Malcolm, if you could.
It's a good thing to talk about here in this church, and even, as you know, the architect designed it as an upturned boat. This is the ribs of a boat. That was in his thinking. Maybe just reflect on what you've heard, but let me say this. True sailors love wind. I'm going to be bold and say, true Christians love the Spirit. That's not a criticism of other traditions and styles. It's because he's the Spirit of truth. It's because he's the presence of Christ in me. True sailors love wind. They want more of it. They actively look for signs of it. I've sometimes sat on uh, Cow's Green and I've heard the commentator say, they're all moving over to our left to be underneath the cloud. Why are they moving to the left to be under the cloud? Because there's more wind under the cloud. There's an invitation, I believe, in these days for all of us to get under the cloud, to move to activate and to move. True sailors look for signs. They look for ripples on the water. They're looking. They're seeking after the wind. They get into the wind as soon as they can and they stay in it as long as they can. There are moments, there was a moment, our last prayer meeting, where we didn't stop at eight. We just kept going. Those who needed to go for business and other things, that's fine. But we stayed. We stayed in the wind. I believe there's days coming, brothers and sisters, where we need to be ready to put down some of our other agendas and stay in the wind. Stay in the wind. Are you ready for that? Will you pursue that? They're powerless. Powerless without it. Let me read just a couple of lines from a prayer we prayed together a couple of weeks ago. Heavenly Father, we ask you that you would bring us once again into your presence and fill us with your Spirit, your Holy Spirit. Make us constantly aware of your presence, for you are not far off. Now, brothers and sisters, I just want us just to take some moments now. Just come, come again, lift up the name of Jesus, but also... Let's begin. Uh, Hannah was playing earlier. We're waiting here for you. The limitation of that song is that he's already here. (laughs) But there's a sentiment. It's like, Lord, I'm activating the sails of my life. I'm activating. His promise is he's, he's already here. He's for us. Are you persuaded that the Holy Spirit is with you? I want to invite you to begin to ask him to come freshly. Maybe some of us can move around and pray. We'll need to be sensitive. If you want to come and kneel, you can do that. If you want to just sit where you are. But I want to say to you, pursue the good that God has for you in the person of the Spirit. And let's be, let's be ready to bless one another, help one another, encourage one another. If you're a small group leader here, please have a freedom to bless others. Greg, please have a freedom to pray for others. Let's let's just receive. 
Just as perhaps Hannah begins to lead us, we just say, Holy Spirit, you're so welcome. Would you teach us? Would you lead us into truth? Lord, we are hungry. We are hungry. I'm hungry for more of you. Lord, we need you. This island needs you. This nation needs you. It's only by your power, your enabling, indwelling power and presence to bring glory to Jesus. Revelation. Just come, Lord. Just come and touch us. Open our hearts. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Come and fill us today, freshly. Holy Spirit, come and flood us. Welcome you, Lord. Welcome you. Welcome you. One of the reasons we put our hands out is a sign of receiving. But it's also a sign of giving. Lord, I I give you my life again. And I receive your life in me. Kneeling is a sign of surrender, isn't it? All of these things, don't do them to make something happen. We, we do them as a real response. Come, Lord, come. Let's just worship together. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit as he wants to take us forward. Jesus. Jesus. I actually feel that um, God is going to take us as a church on a educational, teaching us how to be a people who are full of the Spirit. It's not all about just today. We're going to keep on. We're going to carry on. We've got a bit more time. We're going to it. But we, there's numbers of us who've We need to learn what it means to be filled and be being filled, to quote Ephesians, be being filled. Some of you learning to recognise when your hands get hot, it's like, oh, why have my hands got hot? Well, it's often a sign that God's at work, spirits at work. We're not looking for external signs just for the fun of it. But when God comes and meets with us, when the Holy Spirit meets with us, he will touch the whole person. And sometimes you, you do feel a tremor or a tingle or a, a heat. But God is good and he's for us and he's towards us. So it's not about harming. It's not about us being made to look stupid or feel stupid. It's that we might know his power, that we might know his truth, that we might know his presence, is enabling presence. And so we're not looking for the signs, as it were. There will be signs of God at work. There will be signs. And so some of you might say, I, please would you pray for me? I, I want to know the presence of God. I want to know the power of God in my life. So I think there, are, I'd certainly love to pray for you. I know Ashley would. Others, others of us will pray. Let's, let's just as we continue to worship... Let's pray for one another, but that we might know. I believe that we can know that God is in us. I believe that we can know that Christ is with us by his Spirit.
So, yeah, we just say, Holy Spirit, we just continue to welcome you. Thank you that you're gentle. Thank you that you're kind. Thank you that you're good. We just pray, Lord, as a church, would you take us in these days on this journey. Lord, this wonderful picture that you've given us of these two fields of this. You've given us an invitation to walk into the moor. And Lord, this is what we're doing. We're entering that field now of the moor. We've been doing it individually. We're doing it corporately. Lord, we want what you have for us. And we want what you have for this island and for this nation. Lord, Lord, would you fill us? Would you open our eyes to see the fruit that you have for us? The presence and the power that you have for us. Let's just continue worshipping. Let's pray. I think some of us need to just be ready to pray for one another. Just be ready to do that. If you want to come forward for prayer, you're welcome. Let's just be sensitive to what, what God is doing.